Oh, you want to light this candle? Light Yay! Yes. Oh, we are back. We're going to take a uh, hiatus for uh, end of summer, Labor Day, slash um, fantasy football I drafts. Think, I think we're just on our own schedule. We kind of warp space and time to make it think like that it's like every other week, but really it's when... Hey, we had a pretty good streak going before our last It's break. It's whenever the hell we feel like it, really. Sometimes we're streaky and we do a lot. Typically we're more productive in the fall. We're somewhat like a wild animal. Yeah, you never know when we're going to strike next. When the temperatures go come down a bit, we... Or more active, which it has for me because we will be getting we're getting thundering and lightning down here. It has actually in the last hour and a half dropped over ten degrees. So, and it just uh, so happens that everything Skype wise started working just now too. I wonder if there's any yeah. correlation with that. Yeah, we'll never know. I don't know. I, I blame the I blame Big Bigelow Biblo Biblioteca. Oh. Name Boogaloo. It's like Boogaloo. Boogaloo. Big, Boogaloo. Uh, like Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, it was more like big. Like I thought it was more like Boogaloo. Oh. Yeah. But. So uh, anyway, yeah. So when we came back, back on, well, this is actually, piece of, piece of we should say when, when when was the last one we did? I did Soul Patrol, right? You did Soul Patrol. How long ago was that? Was that? That was probably in August, wasn't it? Uh, did we do so much on the last one, or did we do somewhere? I thought we did something after that. Oh, you know what? I have the power of the internet at my fingertips. Salt the Gonzo Archive. Computer. Access. Gonzo guys. Enhance. 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 Mash keyboard. Hang on, I'm hacking the database. August 7th, so it has been about a month. That's all right. People had stuff to do in August. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what has happened since then? It's pretty much all Star uh, Wars all the time, hasn't it been? Pretty much. Worst Friday. Fucking, that's not a Hallmark holiday. That's a Disney holiday, which is even worse. Did you watch any uh, of the unboxing videos? No, I don't watch unboxing videos. That just seems... That just takes it... That's a little too gonzo. Well, that's a whole... That's a whole scene. That's like, minus take Star Wars out of it. There's a whole like, there's dedicated YouTube channels of people opening shit, and not just like cool stuff like collectibles, like opening bags of chips and opening. I, I don't quite. That might be a mark that humanity has existed a, a smidge too long. <laughs> um, it's that I don't humanity know. threshold has been crossed. It's like, all right, we're we're now having channels of people opening bags of chips. Well. All right, people. Let's get. I, is the comet hitting the Earth yet? Because it seems like it's about to. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's that. I didn't watch any unboxing videos. Uh, I did make a couple rounds. I didn't go out for Force Friday, but I did. Um, I didn't do anything did, for it. I stumb I did a stumble by Saturday. <laughs> um, basically, I was out and about, and I happened to be at Target, and I needed something else, so I wandered in. And if I'm there, something else in the toy section that I needed. Something else Saturday. Yes, exactly. So, I, I was actually in the grocery section, so I went to grab something. And I was like, yeah, I'll go through and see if they have anything. And then you're like, assume. The Force Awakens Lunchables. Uh oh, I better go check the rest of the shit out. There's Force Awakens everything, but I figured they would be 
farce. It, the, the particular target I was in had a... Um, it actually hadn't been picked over too terribly. Um, so that's the thing with, that I did see. I don't know if I saw it like Friday night, because uh, that's when I usually... Here's, here's a little gonzo tip. If you want to do all your shopping and get through quick without any kids or people or anybody else, do it like Friday at 6 p.m. when everybody else is coming home from work. And yeah. nobody's out, and you can go in and out, and you're done, and you don't have to deal with it the whole weekend. Or you can go at the very, very later hours. Or also that's, well, that's true, but I mean, do you if really want to talk to the stock guys, and do you really want to dodge all the pallets out in the middle of the aisles? <laughs> uh, I, it's guaranteed fresh. It is guaranteed fresh. Um, no, but I was uh, I stumbled in. They had not been completely picked over, and I found I'm not going... There was a time, I think I wasn't the only one back when Phantom Menace came out and I overbought a bunch of crap. Yeah, fuck uh, um, you, Taco which, Bell. Which I have since probably divested most of that stuff out of there, maybe with the exception of a couple. No, I don't think I got rid of most of it. Um, I have my classic Star Wars stuff. I have a few other notable things that I like. 500th, uh, 500th figure molding something, Darth Vader, I don't know what it is. Anyway, um, but... I did pick up a Kylo Ren figure and a Captain Phasma figure, and they did a uh, a classic Luke Bespin figure, which is Cloud City for you non-nerds. Well, I wonder uh, how that ties into the new movie. Hmm, I don't know, but it's the, I mean it's his it's the old I mean it's basically the figure is from the older movie. So, um, but the way that this is their clever marketing ploy this time around, besides putting Star Wars on their box. <laughs> they, uh, so like Captain Phasma and Kylo Ren are pretty, I, I just wanted, because they're kind of the new villains, and I just wanted, that's yeah. kind of going to be the end of my thing. They didn't have a single standalone, like little BB-8, which I would have been fine with. I was tempted to get the remote one. Um, BB-8 is by far the most popular character out of this movie, besides not coming out yet. You know why? Uh, because it's a fucking robot, and it doesn't speak. It beeps, and it's kind of cool. Like, imagine Jar Jar, right? Imagine Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Jar didn't speak. Now imagine <laughs> if he just didn't speak. Then, every, yeah, he's great. He's great. He's goofy. He's clumsy. Look at him bounce around. It's like, ah, oh, what a lovable character. As soon as he opened his fucking trap, I was like, oh, yeah. no. It's kind of latently oh. racist, and it's also kind of... Well, Phantom Menace and <laughs> George Lucas's aliens are all somewhat faintly racist well okay but it, it depends I mean, on how deep down say, the racist hole you want to go you want to go stereotype well, or say, do you want to go deeper and say racist i'm not gonna say i'm gonna say it's stereotypical but right, they right. Um, i'm thinking more along the lines of the trade federation guys who speak like broken asian yeah that's <laughs> and then you have jar jar who's kind Didn't of the like trade the, federation guys don't they have like no, they don't. That's somebody else. No. Um, you know when I had like the uh, the catfish kind of like mustache thingies. Oh no, those are. What do they? They might have. No, those are the. I forget who those are. Those are no. the aliens from Chinkata. Um oh. And they're known. Uh, they go by the short uh, chinks. So. Yeah, no, chinks. <laughs> oh wait, no! Ah! I didn't mean that. <laughs> Damn you, George well, Lucas! No, anyway, so those uh, there's a lot of maybe some 
undertones of stereotypes and things in there. But so they That's have these. Question, they, I don't, I'm taking this completely off the rails. Like when you say you're writing something, right? And you have a picture yeah. in your mind through whatever life experiences you've gone through, right? And you try to write characters to fit that mold. I mean, don't you kind of rely on whatever's been fed to you and what you've personally experienced that led you up to that moment? Like, like I think the best example I could give that kind of blows all that out of the water is uh, Blazing Saddles. Like, and the thing that really jumps out is like those uh, Mexican, I don't know, what, what are they, the, uh, what's what's the Mexican like fighter group? Banditos? Yeah. When they're like, badges, we don't need those stinking badges. <laughs> and it was just a play, but it's like they played on the, they played on the stereotypes pretty hard in that movie, which made it awesome because they blew it out of the water. Well, as I said, that movie was... <laughs> they worked every stereotype to its end. Yeah, and, no, and it was great. To the extent Brooks always did. That's what that's what makes him... When you're able to play in that area and and come out clean, you're, you're pretty funny because you've made everybody laugh. But, like... All right, so for, like, serious stuff, for space stuff, for, like, uh, you know, crime stuff, or, like, stuff that, you know, you've watched growing up as a kid... You kind of already have those stereotypes kind of stuck in your head because of what's been fed to you and what you've seen, right? Yeah. So it's like it's like if you translate that all into the science fiction alien stuff, chances are, especially if you're lazy like George Lucas, um, then you're probably gonna just do the alien translation or alien version really, of that like stereotype. He's real rich, lazy though. Yeah. <laughs> He uh, he's, like, he's smart, lazy. He's like billions. Okay, here you go. Um, yeah. So no, I'm sure he has some influence in that. He grew up watching serials, and that's the whole scrolling thing is in Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark. They're all supposed to be kind of like serial movies and shorts and it's things. It's kind of like a kid. wave. It's kind of like a wave of experience that is on the tail end of seceding, like back to the experience ocean, like. It's like back in the 40s and 50s, it was like, you know, the jazz singer and, and like, you know, the bellhop and then, you know, the, the classic, like, you know, PI guy or politician guy. And then, like, you got enough stuff to challenge things in the 60s, 70s, 80s up until today that you kind of see that wave of experience back then going away and like a new wave coming up and it's not like you can turn on a dime on it it's almost like you kind of got to ride these waves out so like today today you get a lot of people that are like you know you know i i have my checklist of what needs to be represented in this and they kind of push at it and they kind of push a little hard on it which i guess is fine um but but you can also see kind of how the wave is like naturally rising. And that brings us to actually The Force Awakens. Because it looks like our main superhero guy is going to be the guy from um, Attack the Block, which is a great movie. But he's also a, a guy of color. I don't. Daniel Boyega. Yeah, but he's also from England. So it, he doesn't, it doesn't quite. It doesn't quite. It's kind of like. I think there is some kind of Star Wars caveat that you have to have X number of people from. 
the UK yeah. in your movie. But he, or, if you ever see yeah. Attack the Block, um, and he's in it, and that's where he broke out. That's a really good movie. That's totally worth seeing. Um, uh, it, I say, would say this. I think he'll be one of the main protagonists, but I think they're oh, dude. I think they're underselling the role of uh, the character Ray, who's played by uh, somewhat of a female unknown. Well, I'll tell you this: uh, Boyega is the one that's yielding that lightsaber. That lightsaber. So now you tell I, me. I, have, <laughs> I tell you this: I anybody can turn a lightsaber on and chuck it around. Can they? So is is my theory is this? Is that I've canon though? Well, I've, no, never I seen, so. I've never seen uh, Han Solo, you know, swing a lightsaber. Well, no, oh, he cut open the uh, Tauntaun and put Luke inside. God damn it. You're Tauntaun. right. Ah, okay, so <laughs> what does that mean? In uh, Empire Strikes Back in the opening sequence, and they're in snow. I would, I would say yeah, that you passed, you passed the nerd test, but, I mean, no, we're both kind of nerded no, out right here. My, this is my theory. Now, he very well could be some type of, maybe perhaps he's an offspring, perhaps he's a new person who's Force-sensitive, who's gonna has potential to do that. I, he's not winging that lightsaber because he's a Jedi, because he's uh, he's probably going to be a disgruntled or a... Um, oops, I think I muted myself, sorry. He's not wielding it because he's a Jedi, obviously not in this time frame. But Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But here's the kicker. Is he perhaps... Carrying the lightsaber, which looks to be Luke's original lightsaber. Oh, the blue I know you're... He's delivering is it he, to him. Is he perhaps tracking down Luke Skywalker to give him his old lightsaber? Who knows? Um, further, perhaps Luke has been toying with the dark side, and he has his dad's old lightsaber. And he's the blue one is there to kind of swing it back. I think that's wrong, but I do think it's a good chance that... Um, okay, so in the trailer, they made it a point to show off his robot hand... That he padded R two D two with, so that could lend yeah. a little more credence toward the the mechanical dark side of his father. We know that we know that Luke is gonna have to be somewhat tortured by the fact that he saw his father die before him, all that business, and the fact his father was Darth Vader. I think um, that alone would do it. But it so was such a cop out to redeem Vader at the end. I think that was bullshit. But eh. I mean, well, I guess so it also lends on. You know, the whole everyone can be forgetting, forgiven as long as they repent. You know that gets a little too religious for me. I, I kind of. Well, that's the whole thing. He's redeemed at the end, and this is where I kind of run to some snags with my ways of viewing it. You knew Vader was a bad guy. He killed a lot of people, but you come to learn that he slaughtered a bunch of children. You know, it. you almost kind of wonder if, like, this movie. Like the the original trilogy suffered from the Matrix problem, where it was like the first one was really good, and like they say they had like a bunch of like stuff and stories and serials written that was like you know oh he had this original nine part series and whatever. I kind of wonder if he just kind of like threw that one together, and it got so popular they actually had to like do something to make like Vader more interesting. So I'm kind of I, you know I I kind of wonder it's like they threw the father bit in an empire because it's like oh big twist and then they kind of res resolved it I think it, I think like they kind of executed it perfectly in the original Star Wars trilogy where it was like you get the Matrix problem where it's like the first movie was great and the two sequels kind of just sucked I didn't 
you think the original, you think Empire Strikes Back sucked? No, 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 no. Uh, the second and third Matrix sucked. Oh no! Yes, they I'm, did. I'm saying I'm saying that both trilogies went into having just such an awesome first movie. Uh, I see. I think the second movie, it it kind of the second movie kind of stinks of oh I'm your father, you know big twist oh my god, and then like resolved the Return of the Jedi right kind of stuff. It's like I think they did a better job of making a trilogy out of it than what the Matrix did, which oh no. Yeah, there is better balance, and you also have to think that going into it's accepted to everybody who Star Wars fans knows that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father, just from popular culture. But going into release, The Empire Strikes Back, nobody expected that at all. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so that's what it was like. I was like, it was such a perfect twist. It was probably Lucas leaning on all this serialized like history, being able to watch and find all right. You know, we need to crank it up. I can't even fathom. Like my first Star Wars movie was Return of the Jedi, and in that I just, ex- you know, I just went in with the ex- not knowing when I went in, but when I saw it. Oh, you you mean you saw Jedi first? I saw Jedi. The, my recollection is I saw Jedi first, and I just accepted the fact that Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father because that's what was going on in the plot. Oh, that's interesting. My so first then, was Star Wars, because well, but I had I had the benefit of older brothers. Who around that yeah. time would you, were super into it, so I guess I was exposed to Star Wars first. That's interesting. It's like what what's your first Star Wars? That's a good question to ask. So no, I want, well I'll just tell you quickly. And anybody time. listening, tweet us at, at Gonzo Guys or go to the Facebook page, and seriously like answer the question or give us a rating on iTunes. Do something. Yeah, do something and and let us know what was your first Star Wars? Was it Return of the Jedi? Was it was it Star Wars? Was it The Phantom Menace? Was it Clone Wars? Hope, was it The Holiday Special? We know there are kids that grew up that saw Phantom Menace and liked those new trilogies because they didn't know the old ones. They like, or they got in on Clone Wars. So now you could realistically, this movie could grab three generations of people. Yeah, I mean, uh, but I just remember the best thing about having seen Return of the Jedi first. Is and also having a father who got HBO early when it was available, is one day HBO showed in the afternoon they showed Star Wars, which I was aware of, and then this other movie called Empire Strikes Back, which I was not aware of. Mm. And I I was like, holy crap, they made more Star Wars movies. I thought they had made sequels to Return of the Jedi I hadn't seen. Oh, wow. And then I'm like, this isn't, wait a minute, what's going on here? And sure, I'm like, why is Yoda so talky and alive? And that is so fascinating. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I began got very well versed in it. So you're up to these new ones. I don't loathe the prequels. I like them that they're not as good. I as the haven't old ones. watched I, them. I what I'll probably end up doing. I okay. I'm a full. I'm doing a full. Uh, I'm gonna do the chron- chronology. I'm not gonna do the suggested orders because that's just. That's a little too pissy for me. I'm not cutting a movie out. No, and I'm not doing it in different orders either. They can kiss my ass. I am going to do it chronologically doing in the universe. Chron- I'm going to start with Phantom Menace and then in Return of the Jedi. Okay, you're doing it. I was going to say, some people say chronologically and they mean Star Wars. Hell War, no, but... because, I mean, I don't remember much of the Phantom Menace, and I could probably swallow it knowing I got like uh, four, five, and six coming up, because that that's my baby. Well, 
I think two gets gets dog too hard for not being two's pretty good. So Actually, I don't even remember. Not, that's that's what I'm. All I can tell you that, well, if I tell you the ending is a giant fighting pit full of Jedi's fighting people and lightsabers everywhere, and Bo and Boba Fett's father getting his head cut off. Yeah, that's pretty badass. Yeah. So so um, so that's the thing that makes me worried about the new movie. I'm not. I am. I wish I could. I. I want part of me to be kind of worried about it. I'm just not. But so bringing it back to the Target experience, um, I didn't go into the. I didn't. I didn't remember seeing any Star Wars stuff. Um, Friday night when I did my shopping. Oh well, they wouldn't have had it out yet. I don't think. So I'm in between jobs right now. No, this doesn't mean I got canned. I actually start a different job Monday. It's a better job, and he's. In between jobs, I'm legitimately. really legitimately in between jobs, and I was like, "Well, I should probably upgrade my wardrobe." So I I go to where I all the f- fancy Americans go to you get all their fine Jeff French clothing, and I go Tar- to the Target, and so I rolled Did I rolled in there yesterday, and holy shit, it's like use the force to open the door is like. Like the first thing I fucking see, and I'm like, I it's automatic door, it's infrared sensor. I, I, this has already happened before, but it's two it's two goddamn stormtroopers telling me to use the force to open the fucking door. I'm like, okay. I walk in, Chewbacca staring at me. Force awakens. There's hanging things of like Star like Tie Fighters, and fucking X wings, and I'm just like, okay. You know, I do my shopping, I get done, but I'm just like. That kind of like stuck with me. I'm like, movie's not out till December, and they have all this shit out. Surprisingly, it's less it's less shit than they put out for Phantom Menace. Oh my god! And I'm just like, I'm like, no, 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 no. When it's I say too less early, shit, when I say less shit, it's a very limited run of things. It's about twelve little three and three quarters inch figures. Uh, a smattering of Star Wars Black Series figures, which are really for people my age, probably. <laughs> Come on now. You're still buying you know. toys. I'm not saying they're not toys. I'm just saying the Star Wars Black Series was designed for the, my generation of Star Wars people because it's kind of like the super detailed, articul- you know, articulating figures. Now, I'll say this. The things I bought, I'm going to fucking open. I'm not putting them on a shelf and trying to flip them for profit. I think, I I think it always reminds me of the... Uh, the Beanie Baby tape I found. Oh, at a, We should do, like, pretty... documentaries and, like, how-to videos. We should just swallow that and do that one of these days. I found oh, I found a Beanie Baby video that's, like, Beanie Baby collectors, and it's, like, these fucking... Right in the middle of, like, the Beanie Baby fad, where it's, like, these... But it's, like, it's like two and a half hours. And it's, like, it's, like, greasy dudes, a bald, like, fucking, like... What is it? Rocky Top mullets, right? With just bald head and fucking... Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> and fucking Zubaz pants, lecturing yeah. me on how to fucking detect counterfeit beanie babies, and like a, like uh, handheld camcorder uh, shit of dudes in hotel rooms with fucking beanie babies like laid out on the bed, and, and just, it's just gross. It was icky. And they're and they're like having transferring wads of cash over the. I know, and it's like ugh, ugh. And, the greatest sin of all is that tape is a it's a long tape. 
it's not just like 20 minutes of how to buy Beanie Babies. It's like two hours. So I, I don't think if you go to buy something like a toy, then you should take it out of the box and use it and not be those people. I mean, if it's one of those things, I guess, if somebody gave you some kind of rare toy... I'd open it, was, it up. It was already valuable, and you wanted to just kind of hang on to it and not fiddle with it, that's fine. But, I would open it up. No, I'm opening it, because the ones I bought, I guarantee you there's going to be mm, about 9 billion of them in about three months, so there's no reason well, for me to... Well, as long as they're not choking the supply chain, because that's even more gross. No, no, they're, they're just intent- contributing to that kind of grease... No, they intentionally didn't let out that many this time because I would say this: the bulk of the other stores I've been through were seriously like ripped clean of most of the stuff. Yeah, and that's but just, that's um, just, which is weird. Gross um, is what it is. It's fucking toys. But they only open it up and like pose them. Like what you need to yeah. do with them is grab them and then do like some. If you want to do like you could do some adult thing with them. Have like uh, that sounds Kylo funny. Ren bent over and then like. John Yobega, like, jam. Oh, well, that's what or you, something like that. you really meant adult things with them. Um, yeah, play with them. You know, the, yeah, yeah, well, see, there's the, the thing, the weird thing with this is I saw, like, so there's a big rush, and all the shelves got cleaned out. It's partially because they just didn't stock that many, and there were not that many things to get. You could probably, if you were one of those people who had to buy one of everything, there was, there was a lot of stuff, but it wasn't like Phantom Menace where they released every character in the movie I'm, at once. I'm glad you said one of everything because I'm that way in just fucking casual mobile games. So I'm yeah. also happy I don't do that because I would, I, would, I would instantly lose all the hair off the top of my head. Like, Trying to get the, every one of yeah, them. Yeah, because that's what I do. I, yeah, I'm a completionist, so I'm... Yeah, I, I used to be that way, and I, I've shaken. I'm very happy I've shaken off that shackle. But um, what they're going to do this time is they're releasing a small batch of stuff now. There'll be there was no like there's no there were no figures of like the older classic characters, so you don't have your older Han Solo, your older Luke Skywalker. That'll probably be in like the November wave. Are, are they right going to sell the uh, the Luke Skywalker that was for like twenty thousand dollars at the Wichita flea market? <laughs> oh yeah, the Anakin Skywalker and the guy who doesn't understand how pricing works. Um, yeah, We've told that story good. before, I think, on this podcast. Yeah, that's on a go, go listen to our archives. If you want to have a, a celebration of of genre but, entertainment, yeah. then listen to our podcast in chronological order as well. Yeah, that's the way you do it. It's a true order. Um, no, he had Anakin Skywalker, which was one of the characters you clipped the UPC labels and you mailed away for, like the Emperor. It was a less common one, so it's not like it's not worth money, but he wanted $1,400 for it. And there isn't, I mean, I think there might, I don't even know if there is a Star Wars figure that goes for $1,400. There might be one that goes for I'm not going to look because I'm afraid that there might actually be one that is worth that much. Well, I can guarantee you his wasn't. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and that guy's shop actually closed. It went away. Good. Because I think he was selling anything. I think he was just liking to tell people how expensive He was expensive showing off is what he was doing. He's like, look at all my stuff. How much is that? Like $9 million. Oh, okay. I'm not buying it. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure he's, he's happy to change locations and be able to do the same thing from some storage facility union, unit. That would be his parents' base. Oh, yeah. Well, that too. The, um, Take, to be careful of mold, then. So, um, before we get too far into the Star Wars... Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I mean, this is Gonzo, guys, not Star Wars News Roundup. But, I mean, really, no, that's been the biggest move, news in the last month. 
No, that is, and I was gonna say I've been, I have, uh, I've started listening to a Star Wars podcast. Oh, uh, you good for you, sir. I no, I have too um, many podcasts. Actually, I can't I can't subscribe to anymore. No, I, I'm this. I'm pretty topped out. I've added a whole bunch, but I added Star Wars Rebel Force Radio. Or, oh man, um, is is it hosted by Big Darklighter? No, it's not. But it's. I don't um, think he's canon anymore. Never mind. No, I think he's out for a little Damn while. It. But uh, they uh, they do a pretty good job of not taking themselves too seriously. You're going like they're super nerdy about it, but they're not annoyingly super nerdy about. It. Like they they sent their they had like they did a thing where they knew people who were Star Wars fans in different parts of the country on Force Friday, and they sent them out to the midnight thing and just had them call in and just say how it was going. Oh God, no, no. And they sent, uh, you know, they sent one guy out and he's like, they said, so how's it going? He's like, well, first of all, he's like, I haven't seen midnight in about five years because I have a kid. <laughs> he's like in line and he's like, and, he, and he's in there and he's like, this stuff's all right. And he, just, he was totally apathetic about it. And they were just, it was great. It was pretty funny. Wow. Um, and uh, they were just saying, you know, what what are people, Graham? What do you think? The, there's kind of like, what do you think the, that one item that everybody's going to try to flip tomorrow? And then, but they kept saying, they said, listen, anybody listening to this, they said, if you, they said, don't go buy, don't go think you're going to buy something that's going to be worth millions of dollars tomorrow. Like buy stuff you like or a character you like or what you have interest in. But there's like, like you're not going to make money off of this. And he's like, there's people right now buying cartloads of stuff and they're going to try to flip between now and like next week. And before the market gets flooded with multiples of everything else. And it was written, they kept emphasizing that. They're like, if you're going to buy something, buy something. That's the, uh, not, 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 not that I'm really trying to change the subject, but I just wanted to point out that's the attitude I took in my latest fantasy football draft was, if I like somebody, I'm going to go get them. And I went and got Tyler Lockett uh, yeah. really early in my last night's. Uh, oh, you were in it too. Last night's fantasy football draft. I was in the. Uh, I was in the draft for two picks. Yeah. And then I felt the uh, the force directed me to let uh, Yahoo Auto Pick take care of the rest of it for me. That's and fair. I might add, it, it drafted me a pretty good team. There you go. So. Um, so that so the last month has been all Star Wars news, and I'll, I'll add another addendum. Mister Robot is amazing, and not coming from oh, a computer I, nerd guy, but like it does computer stuff well enough that it's plausible. But it's also a study in in the human character, and this this the guy that's like the just a hint, just a hint, a Fight Club, and there's the hint. Well, it, it's it's it, it's of the same cloth. I'll give you that. It's no, not. It's not Fight Club. Club. It's not Fight Club, but it's of the same it's, club. It, that that anti big society kind mm-hmm. of subversive. That and that feeling of it. it's not a rip off by any means. No, kind of get that. So you get you get that vibe you get when you watch Fight Club. So it's yeah. over, and I I actually I will tell you what shows I'm looking forward to because that's how quiet uh, Oculus has been. It's been all Star Wars and then Mr. Robot for me. Hang on, my B pod. My B Gonzo Pod broadcasting set. I need to grab its power source. So um, tell the people what you're looking forward to, and I'll be sure. Back All right. So um, obviously, it, it's we're in a, we're in a golden age of not only television but superhero movies. Um, superhero movies are coming out. It's kind of died down a little bit. Well, we're really all just waiting for Star Wars, as obviously as we've just talked about for the last thirty minutes. Uh, but um, this fall, we have. 
gems that I actually had to mark down because I wanted to like keep it under control. I'm not watching any of the flashes, not watching Arrow, not watching any of the zombie shows. But, well, I guess you can call it a zombie show, but there are some things coming up here in the next couple weeks that we'll probably end up kind of like hemming and hawing and, and kind of running through before we, we like kind of roll into our craptastic movie of the week. Uh, for me, that is Doctor Who, that's Gotham, that's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Halloween night, Halloween night, uh, Ash versus Evil Dead comes out. Um, the Man in the High Castle on Amazon Prime is awesome. And also, uh, we have Star Wars Rebels coming up too. So, so like, there's not, like, in terms of, like, genre geek news, we kind of, like, like to cover here at the beginning. Like, it's been a quiet month, but it's also been dominated Star Wars and, like, Mr. Robot's over. And everything else has just been teasers leading to, like, like I said, I'm not going to watch Arrow or The Flash or The Legends of Tomorrow, which I guess is another show they're going to do on CW. I think CW is all DC. Um, so, pretty much. So, uh, I'm, I'm not watching any of that because I haven't kept up. The wife actually likes Arrow a lot, um, but that's because of Netflix. But, like, in terms of me, it's, like, Doctor Who, Gotham, Agent Shield, Ash versus Evil Dead, Man in the High Castle, and then we got, um, like, Star Wars Rebels coming up. So, we'll probably talk a little bit more than just Star Wars, but we'll also be talking about Star Wars here in the next couple months. Star Wars has been the focus for this. They just kind of struck early, basically. They dominated the last month. There's nothing else. I mean, you can't talk Game of Thrones. You can't talk, like... um, this is gonna hit Christmas pretty hard too. So. Yeah, no. So, uh, so thankfully the D twenty three conference happened and all that shit happened. And yeah, there's some Marvel stuff, but I mean, really, everybody. The next Marvel movie is uh, Captain America: Civil War, and yeah, it's gonna have Spider Man in it. But who cares? That's next year, man. We got so many other awesome things coming up. Um, I've got. They're trying to think. I just started. I just started Mr. Robot, and the first episode was enough to convince me that it's very, very good. Um, I, I, I that, have watched it all, and you're going to enjoy every episode. No, no, I'm, I am immensely looking for. Is now my kind. Of, I kind of want to hoard them and not go through them too quickly. Um, yeah, so I, I would be afraid for your soul if you went through all of them in one day. No, no. I'm. Gonna, we're going to parse them out like it's on a weekly, maybe. Mm. And I'm also looking forward to Doctor Who starting. Man, High Castle is also good when the book is pretty good. I'm interested to see if, how they would do more than one season, but we'll see how it goes. The guy who played uh, Shang Tsung in the original Mortal Kombat movie is a guy as one of the main officials for Japan in the Man, the High Castle. So let that soak in. <laughs> yeah, I like. I'm trying to remember what that actor's name is. Um, he's been in other movies, but that's what yeah, I remember. Yeah, he's I've uh, got that on my short list. Doctor Who is very similar to yours. Star Wars Rebels. I just can't, don't think I'm ever going to be able to catch up on Agents of Shield. There's so many goddamn many of them. It's a lot. And, and the thing is, I've kind of fallen behind the Marvel movies, and it's partially because I'm a DC person, and partially because I think it's not that I wouldn't enjoy Ant Man or Avengers: Age of Ultron or the Second I think, Thor. I think you'll be able to watch that, like. If you really wanted to watch it, you could red box it by the time Civil War comes out, so you're safe. Well, I could I could catch everything up. It's a question if I want to. Well, that's fair. Uh, that's fair. 
Now, what, cause because in the next coming time frame, I have um, more DC-oriented films coming out that I would like to give a shot to, even though people are crapping all over them. Um, DC-oriented I, films or TV shows? Well, both. Well, I'm, I'm, I really want to give The Flash a shot. Um, I'm not sold on doing Arrow, although I did read, and spoilers, Arrow fans, um, there is talk that the storyline will lead to a point where he comes back and actually calls himself Green Arrow, which make make me actually like the show. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, super spoilers. It's happening, so. Okay, good. Um, um, yeah, I follow, call- like, uh, kind of cross-plugging, but a YouTube channel I subscribe to called uh, Emergency Awesome. Um, like it does great explainer videos for all the genre stuff, and they've talked a lot about flashing and Arrow, and yeah, it's gonna be Green Arrow. They renamed Starlin City to Star City for this season Good. four, so. Good, because it's gonna need to be. Um, I needed that in there. I can't have them totally. And super spoiler, well, I'm not gonna tell you because you're gonna watch the and- show. Now that I said that, you're gonna watch the series, so. It's going to be, I, I'm more apt, I've, more people have told me The Flash is more watchable than Green Arrow. I don't know. Um, I, but The Flash, I have a major Groot, problem with. Groot is in The Flash, so that's an interesting one, but. That, that's how it's awesome. But um, they also, The Flash, the guy playing The Flash just doesn't look like The Flash. Um, if you're going to, if you're going to go, I mean, to an extent, you know, I don't really mind sometimes in shows and things will change races and things as long as the story's good and it's done well. But if you're really going to have a, if you're still going to have a white guy be the flash, go ahead and throw blonde hair on him. Yeah. Cause he had blonde. It's not asking that. That's not like a stretch. It's not like dark haired white guys. Well, you'll be happy to know that, that Wally West is, is black, uh, in this next season. And not only he, but Jake Garrick is showing up. So there's going to be three. Jake Garrick is probably going to be an old white guy. He's not that old, actually. He's not that old. No, well, he's going to be, excuse me, he'll be like 40. Yeah. So. Because the, the Flash is like 22 in this. So basically, uh, you're getting three different Flashes. You're getting three different Flashes in the second season of Flash is what you're getting. So. But so, so they're making Wally a black guy. Okay. No well, he was okay. black in the new 52. Oh, uh, I didn't see. I, I jumped out before the new fifty-two. That's fine. I never was never a huge Wally West flat Flash person. I was very at home Flash person. Um, didn't dislike. So Wally. yeah. So at, at any rate, that I, TV series is happening. That TV series, and I want to. And the one I really want to watch is the um, Legends of the DC Universe. Legends of Tomorrow. Um, Legends of Tomorrow. It's got the Adam, albeit kind of a slapped together version. But the guy playing the Adam did play Superman. Yeah, Superman Returns. Um, so you also got Captain Cold. You have Captain Cold. You have uh, Heat Wave, Captain Cold, uh, the Atom. Yep. You have Rip Hunter, who is a Time Master. Who which, uh, was a, a former... Um, Doctor Who companion. Yes. Uh, so Rory is t- Rip Hunter, who is an awesome character. Um, and the main villain throughout the show is going to be Vandal Savage, who is a fantastic villain he's like a ever-living caveman yeah he was a man who got really really smart and now he lives perpetually forever and they did some great stuff in the justice league cartoon series with him he's a good villain um and there's potential i don't know that they'll take it there's potential for them to sneak in booster gold and or blue beetle which i'd be thrilled with i prefer that they would just make that into a movie you're really uh, you're really you know with all these characters if they could pull out Ant-Man like they did. 
No, I'm just like they're gonna have to set the bar. Like Batman versus Superman, that whole this whole universe they're building with Zack Snyder is really gonna have to take. And if it does, then they can take a gamble and put out a lighter, um, maybe darker in tone, but lighter in overall content with Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle, and Booster Gold. And there is some talk in the little nerd circles that. They have, there are people have asked to do something with Booster Gold, and they said, no, we have plans for him. So maybe not Blue Beetle, but Booster Gold may show up somewhere. But um, Legends of Tomorrow, I think, is going to be a fun one. Um, it's supposed to be a little more fun than, like, Arrow kind of is serious, not a lot of jokes. Flash had some lighter moments. This is supposed to be kind of a more action, goofy, fun kind of thing. So I'm hopeful it's going to be good. And that's on my radar. Um, I'm trying to give up anything that's not on yours. I, I'm a big Walking Dead person, so I'll be excited for that. Um, I do have Fear of the Walking Dead to watch up until then. Um, and I have a guilty pleasure on sci-fi called Z Nation, which is an awful show, but God, I can't stop watching it. Uh, it's so bad, but it's so good. It's it, but it's self-aware bad, so it knows it's bad. So they just kind of do crazy shit, and they're just like, "Yeah, what do you think about that?" Huh? Oh, that's even it's better. Like, hey, it's like a zombie tornado, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> um. Anyway, I've got a bunch. I'm looking forward to some shows coming up in the fall, and um, that's about it. Any other news? A, um, I don't think there's a ton. Um, you know, we are, we go away for a month, and so much Star Wars stuff happens that we usually end up taking them first forty five minutes of the show talking about all that well, stuff, and it's awesome because I enjoy talking about it. Well, so I'm egregiously excited for Star Wars, of course, um, and I will be watching all of those. Probably, I even picked up the Star Wars Christmas special. Um, oh man! So I'll be watching that. Wow! Um, I don't want to watch it because I don't really want to hurt it. I'm very positive on Star Wars right now, and that's a sad little display. But it does feature Art Carney and B. Arthur's. Uh, and who's the guy in Blazing Saddles to bring it for full circle? Um, Go do that voodoo that you do. So well. So well. He's in the Star Wars special. Oh my gosh. Harvey Corman. Harvey Corman is in the Star Wars special too. As is, and Art Carney for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, Harvey Corman, God bless. Uh, no, so he I sucked will... in that. So. No, no, I'm talking. I like Harvey. I like him, but no. Not in the he Star Wars also... special. He was also in a wonderful Gonzo-esque film uh, called The Munchies. Oh, God. Oh, wait a second. Ooh. Munchies. Well, Munchies. so, anyway. speaking of Gonzo movies... Which we should probably get to at some point. Yeah, um, uh, so... Much like around the day in the age of the first Star Wars movie, when it came out, wondering about the future and how things would roll out and what society or what people would be like what crazy hokey religions and cults would be birthed and and deathed and rebirthed again and imagining you know crazy things a movie uh that tim pick uh had a certain imagination to it um and we get to uh kind of slice it open now i got the seeds to it it's got the seeds. <laughs> it, um, this is the first uh, musical we've done. Now, and right away, right off the bat, you know, it's pretty good for a musical, except for the music. 
Except for the music, which is the problem when you're going to do a musical is you probably should have. You're allowed to like have your story suffer and other things suffer and have goofy so, props and sets so people can dance. But your music should be good. Um, this this movie didn't quite do that. The other kicker is it's a futuristic uh, rock disco opera set in the tumultuous year. Of, this movie came out in 1980, and the movie is set in 1994. Now, Tim, I have to know, A, what's the name of the movie, and B, why'd you pick it? Uh, the name of the film is The Apple. And it's surprisingly hard to search for because of a certain company that makes things. <laughs> when you search The Apple, you get a lot of unrelated things. So I recommend, if you're looking for this film, you search The Apple 1980, and you will get it. Um, otherwise, you're going to get a lot of Apple products and stuff and reviews. Uh, so it's the Apple from 1980. Um, somebody, somebody I know at some point said, hey, check out this trailer. This is the kind of crap you guys watch. <laughs> and I said, and it looked, and it, it, to be fair, the trailer is just, and I, which is, if you follow us on our social media, you've seen because it's out there. Um and maybe you've watched it, because I did send out a, a post to tell everybody to watch this ahead of a, saying this would be the next one. So um, the trailer is fantastic, and it looks terrible, and I'm like, okay. And I was thinking, you know what? We haven't done a musical, so let's do this. And uh, just as a sneak preview, um, we'll do Mike's pick. But my next pick was also something we have not done. So I have that one on deck. And there's a possibility I can rope in a long-lost correspondent to comment on it. Wait, so I have a movie I'm going to do? No, no, you have, like, we're going to review the Apple, then it's your pick. No, Apple was your pick. Apple's my pick, then it's going to be your pick. Oh. It'll be your pick following the Apple. I picked the Apple. Ooh. I picked the Johnny Apple. Johnny Appleseed. You have a selection on deck, I'm sure, ready to roll. And then as it rotates, whenever we get to my next pick, I have another genre we have not touched on. Oh, before. man, you bastard. And that, and that genre, um, I have actually seen the movie that I've picked, and it's eminently watchable, uh, albeit for one particular challenge. And um, I might be able to rope in our one of our um, previous correspondence to comment on it oh well you know nigeria is close enough to syria where it's getting tumultuous and it's great he's like phoning a line in and getting us back getting back to to the homeland he may be able to get, be able to, get to a phone line. well he needs to like not spend so much time there because you never know you spend enough time in another country you know america yeah. will just send a drone and bomb you for no reason because it could happen but uh, we'll see. He may or may not find a phone. But either way, I have that on deck. But let's get back to the Apple at hand. Yeah, so, so somebody said you should do this, and you did it. And then you're like, wow, yeah. it's a genre we haven't done with it, which is fascinating. Feels like I then, need to find a genre that hasn't been done before. This could be a real challenge. I, you mentioned one. I don't know if we mentioned it on air. Uh, you mentioned a genre we have not done. I mentioned one something earlier, like a documentary or a how-to video. That is also a documentary is a genre we have not. But but we're, um, getting, we're we're putting the uh, we're putting the apple ahead of the cart or the horse in front of the, the cart. We're putting the, the cart, putting the apple cart before the horse. Yeah. let's talk so, about this movie because okay, I want to talk about do, this movie now. In the spirit of 1980, I took my notes. Analog. So, uh, I'm excited about talking about this movie because 
I really want to like jam this movie. Let me give you a little taste of it here. There's a lot of guitars in this. This is what people in 1980 thought 1994 music would be. Yeah, get used to that hey, 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 because it happens a lot. So I think that's what I really enjoyed about this movie. Like, for for its production value, because... Music is awful. Well, no, but they were very prophetic, right? Because there's like, hey, 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 snakes on a plane. And that movie came out in, like, the middle of 2000, and it starred Samuel L. Jackson. So I was like, yeah, that's really awesome. There's also a character named, not Snake, but something like that. Shake. They call him Shake, but he's actually a snake. Um... Uh, all right. Basically, this is the future apocalyptic, super controlled 1984 version of 1994. This movie um, is in 1980, though. I know, but it, like I'm thinking of George. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's 1980 version of 1984, but set in 1994. Eh, all right, that works. So it all checks out. Um, so and. Apparently, America has become dominated by American Idol. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is prophetic in that sense as well. It is true that everybody in the country is ignoring everything else except for a stupid music competition. Yeah. Yeah, that um, is, that's depressing. That is, damn it, I can't have to give them credit for that. Well, all right. All right. So, so the Apple. Point. So, what kind of historical movie or story does the Apple revolve around? It revolves around. Um, it's basically a biblical allegory for Adam and Eve. Um, it's in there somewhere. There's also the caution of becoming too consumeristic and all this business. Yeah. Um, and, but, and I complained about that, but then I caught myself because I was like, wait, the name of the movie's Apple. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's supposed to be there. Um, it's kind of, you know, so this movie This movie is written by Menahem Golden. Who's famous for for writing and directing uh, the Delta Force? Which is in no this movie is in no way like the Delta. Force. Oh, uh, he also directed Over the Top, which is one of my favorite Stallone movies. <laughs> Again, not like this movie. Um, he has a credit for Bloodsport, but I have no idea what it is. At any rate, he had me at Over the Top. So he apparently likes to make action movies and awful musicals. Yes. Oh, this movie's terrible. Um, this movie, in general, it's supposed to be the United States. It was filmed in Germany. Um, it was released there first, and it did awful. And it was then released in the United States, where it did awful. Um, and partially because in 1980, this there's a lot of kind of the their music, the music style that they were using was losing popularity by the time it hit the states. So even though disco was still kind of kicking in 1980, it was kind of falling apart at that point. Oh, my God. This shows, too. I'm like, this is the music in 1994? Yeah, well, apparently 1994 and 19... And I should also note, they're, they, so they, they, it's the future, mind you. 
So they t- they did the extra mile and they basically put bubbles in all the regular cars and put extra big fins and spoilers on them. I was gonna say it's like they took a roadster and like slapped some shit on it, like rice rocket stuff on it, and like, the, made yeah. it like super cool future stuff. If anybody who's listening out there has ever walked, who's a fan of the Simpsons, if you remember the episode where Homer's brother yeah. let him design a car for the common man, voiced by Danny DeVito, voiced by Danny DeVito, and it was called the Homer. Um, the, all the cars in this movie look like the Homer, and I'm not—I'm not, really not exaggerating a whole lot. It looks like the Homer, um, a lot of the cars, especially like the evil music label guy's car. Um, but basic plot synopsis is: there's a big singing competition that is run by this guy who looks like the devil and probably is the devil, whatever. Um, but he's this evil dude, and then there's like these wholesome—this wholesome couple from Moose Jaw, Canada, Ontario. I think it's I think Moose Jaw. I can't remember if Moose Jaw is in Ontario. I think it is. I have no idea, but it's Moose Jaw, Canada. Moose Jaw and um, so okay, that's the one thing I liked about well, that was kind of jarring about this movie is like it was like title sequence, the apple, and then they went right into the movie. They didn't fuck around or anything. No, no, they went straight into the numbers. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, it's the, hey, <laughs> it's the hey 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 song which keeps coming up. Yeah, hey hey hey, snakes on a plane. Yeah, snakes on a plane. Um, it's Bims. Lens on a plate. I have no idea what they're saying. It's like to be snakes on a plane. It's actually Bims on the way. Oh, I thought it was like blints on the on a plate because blints are pretty tasty pastries. That would also be an improvement on the lyrics. Bim is the record company, which. Is there a record company called BMI or my? Yeah, friend? there is. Okay, so that I think that was on purpose. Um, so Ooh, the speaking of stuff, B- I can't wait. So there's BIM. Mm-hmm. BIM is run by this guy. Um, yeah, do the beam or uh, be on ahead. Yeah, um, I couldn't. Fu- I couldn't fucking understand the the words at all. The the song. No, I couldn't understand anything. No, I did actually turn the captions on to get the full lyrical potential. Yeah. Um, that means it's the, a great musical. That means it's awful. And so Bim is run by this guy named Mr. Bugalo or Boogaloo. Or, is, if you want or to. Is who I like to affectionately refer to as is the master. The master. He does call him. He has a whole. He has. His oh, own we'll get to that. Call. We'll get to that. But he's oh, he's full on Ainsley Adams, Doctor Who master get up. Except he he's is. a little more. Gender neutral, I guess, is what I would say. There's a lot of androgyny, early '80s androgyny in this film. For real, but this guy is like the the queen bitch of the record company. He is kind of he is a little queenie, and I'm not saying that to be insulting. No, he's queenie. He's the queen bitch of the company. In he's he's kind of like the uh, I don't know I don't know any record. Oh, but he's and a, his lackey. Uh, is where now what I understand as the inspiration for Chris Tucker's character in the Fifth Element, because it's the same fucking guy. Ooh, it is pretty dead on. Yeah, I forgot what the guy's name was in the Fifth Element, but there's a dude that's exactly like that in this movie. Yeah, he has a second. He has a second banana that he did. It's very much like you've seen Fifth Element. Chris Tucker's character. That is exactly what he is. Exactly um, he's kind of what he is. 
He's kind of his enforcer, but not really. He's kind of more like the administrative enforcer. Like he takes care of the business side, and he's got these two goons that are named Bulldog or something. Doesn't matter. He underbites. It doesn't matter because I mean, Chris Tucker is was Ruby Rib. There we go. So you got your knockoff Chris Tucker in this, um, and you've got the, the little devil guy who's just a little queenie, um, and. He uh, he's runs a big conglomerate called BIM, and uh, he has the God I can't remember the, the his star attraction of these two people who do who are singing you know um, you know these people. And see what they're saying there is I say B and the guys say I am, so BIM. It's all about Mark. It's just like right in your face marketing, and they were called like. Dandy and Candy or something. I don't know. It was dumb anyway. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They have rhyming names and they're like a duo act on the singing competition show. And then they're up against the two hayseeds from from Moose Jaw who have like play like a hippie love song. And this like is a- where we come into what the writer is really trying to do. The guy who wrote it, the same guy, the, the monolayam, whatever his name is. This is where he like kind of jabs the wedge. I think it was also his kind of like protest against the disco movement, because what he got was two singer songwriters as the as the, uh, not the antagonist but the uh, the protagonist. The protagonist for two, it, it's oh, same old story, especially with music industry stuff. Hang on, wait a second. It's, Here we go. Here's the here's the, here's the competition yeah. for the other song. Ooh. What are you doing that? I'm gonna get a drink. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so the crowd doesn't like this for a minute, but then they start getting into it, and they have like a rating in the office for the show where they can track how much people's like heart rates go up watching the bands, and so it was really high for the BIM group. And then this group comes on and they start scoring higher heartbeat numbers. Hey, than hey, hey. And so the devil, and, devil. Uh, and the Chris Tucker guy basically put in this little micro cassette that, put, that directs, and again, somewhat futuristically correct, has directional sound towards the audience but not the performers that is annoying and makes them get angry and boo the crap out of the people. They, they finished and, the song though, good for them. They finish the song because for a while they're kind of going to win the competition, but the devil can't have that happen. So he, or excuse me, Mr. Boogaloo, Bugalo, Mr. Bugalo can't have that happen. He's the devil. Um, so he, you know, rigs it basically. And all these reporters are like, hey, somebody said you rigged the competition. And he's like, blah, 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 whatever. No, he's uh, like, blah, blah, blah. Who's that guy that works there? Oh, he's like, he said, oh, which paper are you with? And he's like, I'm with the Post. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, if you print that I, the competition was rigged, you aren't going to be there tomorrow. And, find out what uh, happens like, to that guy. And 
That guy shows up later. Um, he basically buys the post, and then that guy becomes his little acolyte. So basically, yeah. it's like, oh well, like somebody like my talent better. I better, I better co-opt them and get into them. So what do they do? They invite them to a party because they're they're young, innocent people, and they go to the party. Oh, and you know what? Let me just jump this a little bit here. Uh, they have a marketing guy. Where's this heartbeats thing? You got to hear a little bit of Chris Tucker. If I can find him. Yeah. Uh, not only does he have the gold like motif, but I think go. he's got gold teeth. Section ninety-two, pulse rate one hundred and thirty-two at one hundred and thirty-eight heartbeats. Yes, my Fandy and Gandhi are magnific. Fandy and Gandhi. I'm going to make them the biggest stars of our decade. And wait a minute. Anyway, they that was a little bit of the devil in this right hand man. No, it's the master. It's Ainsley Adams. It's totally Doctor Who. Alright. Let's see here. Oh, so uh at first I thought the couple was the Darcy's for Married to Children. <laughs> they kinda look like that, but then I think it was more of a mix between uh, the guy who played Jefferson Darcy and Will Ferrell was like the main dude, the good guy dude. And he looked a so lot they, like, especially with the fake beard he had later on. We'll get to uh, that later on. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's just a whole weird thing with the hippies oh, later. God, uh, fuck this movie. Anyway, um, so they they lose, but they're like, well, we still need to meet with. Mr. Bugalow, the master, for a record contract. In the meantime, he's trying to get. Well, no, his they marketing. have a party, and then like, like the dude from the pop song seduces the lady, like instantly. Instantly, he's like, "Here, take this pill," and he shoves it down her throat, and then he starts making out with her, and then and then somehow there's some kind of condo apartment thingy where like the upstairs it's, is completely visible by everybody downstairs, so they all point well, and laugh. And it's like, well, whatever. It's the, uh, it's the devil slash master's penthouse. And so she comes oh, in. Oh, wait, she, and, and he needed a new marketing campa- campaign for their stupid-ass song. So they decided yeah. to wear, like, a Technicolor, like, triangle on their foreheads. So... Oh, wait, never mind. I thought, I was gonna, I thought I'd get to the... Uh, so, like, everybody's bit. walking around who's a part of the BIM people. Like, have, like their little triangles on their head. And later on, we'll get into some continuity issues with that. But I, I we'll get to that when that happens. Well, I mean, you can only expect people to remember where so many stamp stickers are at any given time. Well, and, um, I, and, and they kind of allude to that BIM controls the police. A record company controls, like, the government well, and the police. He's popular enough that the stickers that they're going to sell as marketing become required by law. So, yeah. So you get some issues with that. Here's a little bit of the marketing for you. He's got a big record trophy. And what you don't see is that everybody in 1994 drinks their drinks out of what used to be vases, vases for flowers. Giant triangular vases. Yes. Giant triangle glasses. Yeah, I know. 
Yeah, I don't want to go there. I don't even like the gun. Just a party, I promise you, you don't. So, this, this, is, this is where really, we get the allegory. Yeah, they go and... Guess who's really excited about it? Eve. I mean, BB. The lady, BB. Which is a conspicuous, too, because it's Bim, Boogaloo, BB... I mean, there's some that come... There's too many. They, they didn't... They really should have diversified the names. Yeah, and then Will Ferrell is like, oh, I don't know. This doesn't seem to jive right. And his name's Alfie. Okay. And so I'm going to call Will Alfie. Ferrell. Will, well, Will Ferrell and BB go to the party. They immediately come in. He hand, basically directs BB over to the male lead of his popular group. Uh, whatever they're called, Dandy or whatever his name yeah. is, and then he kind of tries to pair Will Ferrell up with the female vocalist, and um, that guy, Will Ferrell's too principled to be sucked in by all of it. Um, so meanwhile, like he's like he's like, why don't you talk to me about business, and we'll send your girlfriend upstairs with this lead singer to my penthouse. He's like, well, okay, and so. Anyway, that happens, and she immediately they go into a song where she's like, "I can't help but I don't know why I'm so in love with you with the new guy." He did give her a pill, so we'll say that maybe he roofied her in some capacity. Uh, probably, yeah. And she wants a big glass of champagne. The guy's like, "I don't drink." Well, Thrill's like, "I don't drink." So anyway, um, they are they brought them into that show on purpose because the guy the devil thinks they have talent. Um, so there's they're you know it's like, "Hey, we're gonna." have a meeting tomorrow and discuss signing you and uh it so they're just at the party tonight and the next day they're going to meet with them she kind of makes out with that guy um oh she makes out after they sing a song that's the thing is like they sing songs about that kind of shit yeah, and it's like you, you belong with me. You were made for me, blah blah blah. And somehow, yeah. like dancers, that's the thing about it. It's like for 1994, they totally do like musical type stuff where it's just like dancers show up out of nowhere and they, they move left, they move right, they move left, they move right, and then they like do something else, and it's like it's dancing. Oh. And then like he like part the dancers part and. Carol sees her like with the uh, new guy, and that's all well and good. Let me just see what else cooking here. So yeah, I do want to catch this number. I want a little bit of the master's number. I also like this whole scene actually for whatever reason. Wait, they're wait they're waiting to meet with the record company guys the next morning. Wait, wait, hold on. All right, so yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that number is a little yeah. All right, I'm ready for that one. Yeah, but I I like this. They're looking at all these acts that are supposed to meet with him, despite him being a music guy. And there's a weird lady there. Okay, here we go. Hi. What are you, a clown? Diablo. Oh. Dick Diablo from Kansas City, manager of Ballet 2000. No oh. shout out to Kansas City. He's in the house. Uh oh. Here we go. Really like the triangle stuff in this movie. Wait for it. Like a puppet on the string. Like a 
And everybody goes into full dance. They actually have pretty impressive set pieces. Sure. (laughs) Now this to me sounds like the guy from One Night in Bangkok. The trick was lame though. Like one guy walked behind a fountain and a midget came out. That's not entertaining at all. Let's see. I was wondering from this. Yeah, Blair Ed. All right, it's nothing. At some point there, he says he's the master. Is that right? This is the same song. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's later. Master song. Okay. All right, so basically, they just do this big number where it's like, life's all show business in 1994. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it moves along. And then. Contract time. This is where it just smacks you over the head, biblical stuff. No shit. Um, so BB wants to go. They have separate contracts for each of them for their own protection. Uh, no, they and they suggested a... that it was separate. I think it was because they... I think it was because they wanted to get the chick and boot out the dude. They, they basically are gonna have him sign too because they can dump him and take her. Yeah, and she's and... all going for it because welcome to the Garden of Eden, and then like. And then he's like, he's whoa, like, hold on, wait a second here. He's like, surely we can sign these tomorrow or next week because I would like to read them. And they're like, well, of course you can, but you have to meet the press in like two minutes. Yeah, you have all these other obligations we set up for you. Why don't you just do it? And they're instantaneously, so just sign the contract. And then she's like signing it away. I know, she's he's eating that apple. Well, they actually go literally into that. Somewhere. We'll get to that in a uh, second. But as he turns around to like consider signing, he sees like all these visions of an apocalypse. And then he's like, "It's getting dark and the fire and the sky and blah blah blah." And they're like, "No, everything's fine." And um, so he obviously has some inherent, you know, chosenness or something. And so they call the press, and they're like, "Hey, it's time for the press meeting," and you know. I gotta go market your album before you even record it, kind of deal. Is this is maybe this is the master song. Why do I have this song? Uh, right here. Here we go. And maybe wait a minute. What now? What? what now? Look, I wanna read the contract. I wanna get a lawyer. Mr. Boogaloo, we can sign tomorrow, okay? Impossible. Mr. Boogaloo has to go to Paris for a marketing conference. I'm sorry. The book is already selling your first album. But we haven't even made one yet. <laughs> First you sell it, then you make it. That's marketing. Mr. Boogaloo. Yes. Less than there. Surely we can sign next week. Next week you won't get it. What do you mean? You're going to the West Coast? The West Coast? Mr. Boogaloo has already arranged your first contact. Yeah, he sees some. He sees like lightning. There it is. He sees some lightning and thunder. Earthquakes. But he, yeah, he doesn't really. He doesn't really see it, and then... So, this is where I put in my notes. This is like total Adam and Eve situation. 
This is where it actually shifts to the freaking literal hit you over the head. With well, so, like, that starts to happen, and then I'm like, this is an Adam and Eve ripoff. Come on. And then I, like, I had to step back. I was like, wait. Like, a couple minutes cool. later, I was like, wait, this movie's called The Apple. I was like, wait a minute. I just, I just complained about something I should have known it from the beginning. So, he has these visions, and all of a sudden, they're, like, in hell. And hell's very... Hell is very Broadway. I'll just say that. That makes sense. Hell is Okay, Sounds so now... Sounds like my kind of hell. <laughs> I mean, it's just endless dance numbers and sequins. By the way, in hell, I saw Napoleon. Our special order, my special order, the apple. the special order, the apple. The devil only has one horn for whatever reason. And she, all right, so they're distracting the guy from stopping her from eating the apple. Very Adam and Evie. But it breaks into the title song, which is, my, I don't know if it's the best or the worst song, but it's, yeah, it was Napoleon right there. Napoleon was in the middle of it, so. I also said that then, that was a Texas-sized apple. And being in a here comes work, you should know that, how big apples are here down here. All the dancers. There's a two-faced guy too. Yeah, we're after. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Good. See, and it's Wait like the same tired old musical kind of bullshit. Here we go. Magic apple, mystery apple, Apple Paradise. Apple Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Fuck that. It's basically something, something, Apple, something, something, Apple, blah, 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 Apple. Tired on tropes and musicals, yeah. I'm going to do the anatomy story that kind of jams the music industry, but then it's the music industry to begin with, so that you really get fucked in the end. So basically, she cheats the apple. She becomes famous. They kick him to the curb. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Um, a little bit later. This uh, is where we get the master song. Oh yeah. Let me just make sure he's. Yeah. That's the apple. And I know it's the master song because it's in fucking reggae. Oh God. The master song is all. I kind of. I'm, I'm trying to decide which song I hate and also like the least. <laughs> Or hate and like the most. All right, here we go. Hang on, Mr. Master, where are you? There. Okay, ready. Here we go. Okay, here. Music department, my ass. All right. And even Alfie's wearing dancer pants. Where are you going? Let's go with him. You don't have to go anywhere. But he's my boyfriend. He doesn't own you. He can't tell you what to do. He's not your monster. My dear girl, from now on, whether you like it or not, you're a member of the big family. Here we go. Why am 
Mágico de Why does everyone fall at my feet? Fall in me because I'm so sincerely sweet. Yes, I know how to be a master. Come the need. Corrupted by the weed. Oh, god damn it. Yeah, it's going in. Oh my god. It's a reggae song singing about a guy who I thought... who and Early in the movie, I put it in my notes. I was like, this guy's the master from Doctor Who. And there's a fucking song about him calling himself the master later on. And it's in reggae! It takes no time at all when you know yeah, All right, there you go. You're right. You know how to be it goes disgusting. on for a while. The songs all in this movie all go on for too long. Quite a while. Um, like I said, it's, so, this movie's pretty good except for the music. Yeah. Um, so you got that going on. He's the master. Yeah, um, he says he is. And they go get their their Homer cars. Uh, meanwhile, BB becomes the new Bim song person. Yeah, Ugh. and she's like more popular than the duo that started in front of her. Yeah. So there's a little bit of resentment. Um, it's not important. Um, and then like guy kicked to the curb, living with some like I think it was his mom. I don't know who the hell was. No, he's he's running a room from an older. Yeah. Uh, and so he's like writing songs, and he's like, "I'm gonna sell this song, and then I'll get BB back." And so then he tries to sing a song, and everybody in the in the mixing board is like, "No, we don't like it." Well, you left at the part where he gropes the the lady. Well, yeah, that like, too. He sings a song to her, like, and like, then she like he like strokes her. He's like, "Hey, you gotta listen to the song." She's like, "No, I got stuff to do." And I got this great song, and she's like, hey, "Oh, and I don't. here's the thing: it it sounds conspicuously like a Beatles song." Oh, it does sing like. Wait a minute, here I just I just stumbled upon this. Like okay. there's a there's an underlying theme about longing for the old days that kind of bothers me too. Okay, here. At this point, they're already re- they're ticketing people for not wearing the sticker on their face. He just full on gropes her, um, and so he makes this just song. Um, she's also an old Jewish woman who's being played by someone who's probably like thirty five. Yeah. So there's an inherent problem there. Um, anyway, he has this new song. It probably sucks. And <laughs> well, all the other record guys did tell him that it sucked. They did, and so he's like, "Well, I'm going to go one. I'll find BB, and I'll try to sell my song." And he meanwhile, BB comes out, and they're like, he goes and records it, and you have to listen to it. And it's stupid. And I'm not going to play it. Um, meanwhile, it's a Beatles song. It's basically a Beatles song. Uh, they he's in the park 
thinking about stuff and they're like, we're giving you a ticket for not wearing your sticker. And this is where you know the music industry is taking over the world. Yeah. Here we go. I have to give you a ticket. Oh, there you go. They're writing him a ticket and he's in the park. Keep in mind, it's a music company now. So, and then this leads into another song number. Yeah, but here's the, uh, here's their big, this is where you know. Attention, please, good citizens. It is now one minute to four o'clock. Yep. Time to stop the activities and prepare for the National Film Hour. All traffic must pull over and stop immediately. Exercises. Firefighters stop fighting a fire for Join the National Fitness Program. <laughs> also, the National Fitness Program is Broadway Dance. They shut down everything. Yes. Everyone must do a glorious musical number. Or a Met Dance number. And I will note that even a guy who's getting surgery performed on him sits up to dance. And, and that's what I put notes on. He's like dancing too, and then he clutches his heart and he goes back down. Yeah. Here we go. Thanks on a plane. I can't explain. Bagels it's a good thing plane. You're... I think if anything, this is a pretty good commentary against the homogenization of people and behavior. Like if you just force everybody to think and feel and do the same thing every time, then you're going to get that kind of stuff. I'm guessing they have to make everybody go through a pretty sturdy stretching routine because they all can high kick like mofos. Oh, God. And the firefighters are the daintiest firefighters of all. <laughs> well, I mean, those guys, the firefighters, the cops also have quite the... Uh, Spin moves. He's very light yeah. on his feet. It does take away from their intimidating factor when they do like a synchronized dance number across the uh, police parking lot. Uh, let's just extract that out and say that anybody who does all of a sudden out of the blue a synchronized dance number, they say exercise will take the intimidation factor out. Of them. Like it was like a biker gang that rolled up all greasy and fat and sweaty with leather vests and like like a fuck you tattoo. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, they just started doing a dance number. Kind of takes away from their intimidation. Yeah, uh, so that's kind of like, okay, the music industry is officially taken over. is making everybody stop during their day to do this stupid crap. Um, meanwhile, uh, BB's coming out from her big debut, and there's this big crowd, and... Um, Will Ferrell lookalike finds her, and he's like, "You gotta." She's like, "He's like, you gotta listen to me and come with me." And then they just beat the shit out of him. Yeah, that was awesome. The street. And then and she I'm drove into, away in the bubble car. And she drives away in the Homer, and um, yeah. so he gets beat up and left for dead. And then we just and, get this terrible song. Oh, then there's like this whole back and forth where she sings from a rainy window and he sings from a rainy window. She looks like the Joker with her makeup. She does look a little jokery. Or um, what's the uh, what's the one full moon um, puppet master doll that has the white face and the little like like spiky eyes? I don't remember what her name was. It was Madam something, wasn't it? Yeah, she looked like that too. Um, I would note that this um, actress was in a movie called Night of the Comet. If you've seen that, no, I haven't. Uh, it's a good little uh, kind of a zombie movie, kind of not. The sky turns red and everybody kind of just turns to piles of dust. Oh, except wait. For him. I think I have actually seen that movie. You 
you've probably seen it. It's not bad. Um, she was in that. She was in some other. She actually had about sixty-three movies or so. Um, she did. Here's here's you're a bearing movie. lead, son. She was in the here last Starfighter. Oh, she was in the last Starfighter. I think Night of the Comets. Holy hell, her. she was a love interest in the last Starfighter, son. Yes. Everybody needs to see the last Starfighter, and not this. Yeah, so Last Starfighter or Night of the Comets also good. Night of the Comets is pretty good. Yeah. So this goes on like this. She's sc- screaming, cr- singing out a window. Damn, I want to see that movie again. And then here we go. And he's all beat up, and he's gonna go sing out a window here in a minute. And the lady serves him soup and makes him feel better. He shows up at the second bananas like orgy party. Yeah, he shows up, and then the 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 lady that was in the original group of before drugs him and tries to uh, tries to rape him, and he gets all drugged there, out. And there's like a song about a rape party. Well, there's this. The song is actually called "I'm Coming for You." Yeah. Well, we know that's a lie. Well, and basically, let me see if I can find the line in it. There's one line that you're just like, Jesus, that's actually kind of, that's almost edgy. Yeah. Let me just say, okay, so here we go. Let's see. Yep, that's all we need to hear about that one. Wait. Let me tempt you and tease you and hold you and squeeze you and feel every inch of your love. Let me show you things you never dreamed of. Wait, hang on. There, there it is. I found a lot. Yeah, I found it. Make it harder and harder and faster and faster. When you think you can't keep it up, Wait. I'll take you. Deeper and deeper and tighter and tighter and draining the top of your nose. Yep. Yep. There we go. Little love boat here. Anyway, I felt that song sounded kind of like baby if you ever wanted. Wonder if I'd come all over you. And so I kind of think that he did actually sleep with her, but I may be wrong. No, he didn't. He was faithful. All right, so he he, rem- he remains, like, pure. He, she took her, his clothes off, and she was on top of him, but he batted her off. He got away, and he's all drugged up. And um, you find out that the news reporter who had questioned the devil before was at the little orgy party, and he's, like, serving drinks. About the company, he's wearing a little triangle head. Yeah, he's got a new wardrobe and stuff. So, anyway, he gets away from the the temptress lady, and um, there's the whole that song goes on for way too long. And so he's kind of seeing like double visions, and he wakes up in the park next to a giant hippie man who looks like um, oh the big cuddly guy from Harry Potter. Uh, yeah, but you know who he actually is. No, who is he actually? Uh, have you ever seen Lethal Weapon 2? 
It's that guy? Diplomatic immunity. That's him? Yep. Uh, yep, there is Joss Acklin. Well, you know him from Lethal Weapon 2? You've probably seen him in the Mighty Ducks stunt for October, or most famously for me, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Who is he in Bill and Ted's Bogus He's Journey? He's the bad guy in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh my god, he is. He is the bad guy in that movie. So he was the one person I knew he was somebody, but I didn't actually dig into his credits. So he was he was the bad guy in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Yes, sir. And on top of that, he is diplomatic community and freaking. And he is the hippie. He's credited as being the hippie leader in this movie. The hippie leader and. Uh, well, Mr. we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, we'll get to that. There's he has a dual part. Because that's some cop out bullshit right there, but. So anyway, he went. So the guy gets away from the seductress. He can't get out of the apartment. He wakes up in the park yelling "BB," and these hippie kids are making fun of him. Now, which is kind of cruel when you think about how heartbroken the man is. And so the guy's like, "Hey, you're talking your sleep. Let's go over to my hippie people. We'll give you some breakfast and whatever else." Yada yada. Um, meanwhile, the back at the the music pad, BB gets up and is like full tilt bad mood and she's like I had the weird, weird dream that Will Ferrell guy was here and they're like oh well the the snake guy's like yeah don't worry about it and then the dandy or Randy or whatever her name is says he was here he really loved you you should go find him yeah which is a complete change of her character and in no way is explained previously in this night, whole movie at all the night before she was ready to totally seal the deal with that guy yeah. and, then and like, this is where oh. i put in my notes the movie's written itself off a cliff because yeah. it's like it's like all of a sudden now the blue no motivation ladies like you should go find this guy well and then and it only gets worse from here <laughs> well and i also know the one part that kind of skeeved me out is like she's like where did all the people go and the guy's like from the orgy party he's like they're down in the sauna cleaning up and it's like ew you want to go to the sauna too clean up and she's like no because that's gross and so anyway dude's hanging out in the park with the hippies the police come because they're using the park before 7 a.m yeah everybody oh the hippies scamper away but dude's still there the guy's still there and they're like we'll be in the cave underneath the highway if you need us and uh in the meantime you know you know hippie leader they go run off into their cave which the police don't care about and uh so Snake Man says, let her go, because he stops her at first, and the bulldog guys aren't going to let her go. And he's like, yeah, go ahead and go. Whatever. And she's like, you should come with me, Randy lady. And she's like, no, it's too late for me. Um, I don't know why it wasn't. She was right there in the elevator. So apparently she's already sealed the deal, and then she gets beat up by that guy, and she gets her own song. Yeah, no, they get their own song. They're like, finding people, whatever, who cares? It's just and a, she's like, oh, oh you know. I, I finally discovered me, blah, blah, blah. And then she leaves and takes her suitcase down under the bridge and finds out somehow somebody told her that he was staying with hippies. And the diplomatic the, immunity guy breaks out into song. Yeah, oh, yeah, love child. I can't, God, I cannot believe it's that guy. He's tall, too. Oh, God. Well, and he's wearing a fake nose, if you look closely. Okay, so here's a little bit of his song he's coming up. And she's like, oh, this place is gross. People live here. Love 
find my way, child of love. Diplomatic immunity. Okay, so she goes down and finds finds Alfie. And, you know, this is the best part because it's like they don't tell you that there is actually like a year time lapse. They just they just cut a scene, like it goes from one scene where they're like hugging and kissing, and then the next scene he has a beard and they're sitting in the He has park. a fake Will Ferrell beard. That's hilarious. Oh, uh, you like should put is- that up on social media. It is hilarious looking. And he's well, got a kid that's like less than a year old, but he looks like he's three. And he's an ugly kid, too, unfortunately. Most kids are actually ugly. Um, he, so they're out now singing the song a year later still. And so then the police come raid the raid Yeah, the it's the big standoff. I thought there was going to be a fight, but we get something completely... Again, I said the movie has written itself off the cliff at this point. We get something completely more batshit insane. So, yeah, there's a total fake nose. So they come to get... <laughs> I know, right? For the contract. And they're like, uh, we'll arrest you all if you don't give her to us. And they arrest them all anyway. And then, like, and, Will Ferrell's like, I know something's gonna happen. Which we gives no explanation. We didn't get any hint of it before. It is a Deus Ex Machina situation, but it's still, like, completely insane that they don't, like, at least say something. Well, the kicker is, there is a, um... So they're trying to take him away. No, wait for it. Yeah, oh god. Mr. Tops. It's gonna be alright. I know he's gonna come. Who's coming? Mr. Tops. There's no explanation. Mr. Tops. Now Nobody I did read about him ever. I did read in this that a um, somebody re-released this at some point, and that is accidentally the screener version before they made cuts based on audiences and stuff. Oh. And it had a whole bunch of extra scenes where they explained that the guy was Mr. Tops and. All this other stuff. Like rival record producer guy, or no? That um, the hippie man is also Mr. Top. Yeah, we. F- I figured that out without having. Yeah. So yeah. So. Looks to be a Mr. Tops, right? And That's his golden call. car comes in. It looks like it's just like a. A Dodge or something. And I'm thinking it's like a Cadillac, and I and I instantly either get think of Repo Man. Oh no! Wait, you know what? It's a Rolls Royce. And I think of I think of Repo Man, like the end of that movie, where that car flies off. Repo Man is amazing. You should watch this instead of the Apple. Or I think at the beginning of Heavy Metal, which again is another movie you should watch before this. And Heavy Metal has music, music by Sammy Hagar. And uh, his car shows up, and a nice-looking dude in a suit comes walking out of the sky, changing between a guy in a suit to a ball of light, and he lands. And they try to arrest him, and the cop's like, I can't move my legs. And they're like, we've got warrants and lawsuits and crap, and he makes him disappear. 
And because it's God. Who the hell are you? Mr. Tops. God, that's him? Diplomatic immunity. Yep. Diplomatic immunity. What do you mean you can't? I can't move my legs. Even, even the cops' mirrored sunglasses are triangles. Yep. The Illuminati. Yeah. But we have a word. But we have a word. Bloop. Bloop. Deus ex machina God style. But here's what really bothers me. How enjoy them? Yeah, you take it. This bothers me. When they all walk off into the sky. Hey. It's only the hippies. Because no, everybody's but, longing for the days of old. They, he does let the one lady who turned good. Yeah, in. okay, whatever. But you know, the big line is at the end where it's like... Where are you going? Bye, Dandy. Dandy. Handy. Her name's Handy Dandy. Oh my god. So they do this weird the, little thing. Uh, yeah, oh. it's after the uh, handy dandy uh, Weiler method. Here we go, and then he kind of just says, Let's see if I can find it. It's like you're taking them all. And then he's like, This is where it gets a little bizarre. A lot of hippies walking around up there. It's a really odd effect. Yeah, I think so. Hippies, hippies. They're wearing their own stickers in their heads, by the way. No, it's painted on. That means it's more natural and better. All right. They're still all wearing stuff in their heads. Oh, wait a minute. Why do you think you're taking them? I don't know yet. I'm looking for a new place. A new planet? If I can find one free from your pollution. Don't you tell me you're going to start all over again. But this time without you. Yeah. What? Yeah, but you know that is possible. The world simply cannot exist without me. Let's give it a try. Yes. And then he walks off into the clouds. Take a little ride. And then they cut into the the give you the title screen that says the apple and uh, and then more shitty musical music it's actually it's the title theme uh. Yeah, don't be my guide. Uh, Alright, so that's this piece of shit movie. That's that. And they totally wrote themselves out of a cliff. It's like all of a sudden, they introduce hippies like like more than two-thirds in, in, into this movie. I think they did that in the last 15 to 20 minutes. And then they're like the, the holier ones. There's some god figure around them that saved them, that he saved the other people 
after years passed, it was just such a train wreck. Fuck this movie. Seriously. They don't, look, fuck they don't this come movie. Look, They don't come looking for her for a year and then when they do, then the hippie leader transforms into Mr. Cops and oh, God. And they walk off into heaven in his golden Christ. Cadillac, like Repo Man or Heavy Metal. And then What a the, shitty movie. I like it better now that I know that guy was Lethal Weapon 2. Well, okay, that's fair, but still, <laughs> yeah. the guy who wrote this movie is the one who should be in trouble. Because uh, he wrote himself into a corner, and it just kind of crept out like that. And I'm going to be puzzled for a long time This it's the same writer who did Delta Force over the top. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, that's going to... Hmm. But here's right. what troubled me. One thing, well, two things. One... Um, it was this underlying longing for the older days in terms of music, as well as turn in terms of the way things used to be that was troublesome. Because uh, because what that did is it set the stage to say, hey, things were better back in the day. We didn't have all this stuff around us, and I don't like that. It's like things constantly changing and move on and progress. So it always change always happens no matter what, and the whole. Especially when you're spinning it as a music industry story, especially the music industry, you're always going to get these assholes that are like, man, I long for the day when I can control the pipeline and the artist at the same time, where I can make as much money off of them and control everything, as opposed to like today, where, okay, it's kind of the same deal, but a little bit different, where you, at least you can like get your music out there and have your own pipeline, but you still got to have the PR and stuff like that. But you hear music people bitching more about streaming services and stuff like that, which is kind of a it's kind of a red herring anyway because it's it's a regular conscience that, that that they have to not get the money directly from it, and also if you're a mediocre music artist, you're not going to get as, as enough money because you're fucking me- mediocre. Just because you're a music artist doesn't mean you're going to be paid a lot of money. Might be different in the '90s where where they can make money hand over fist printing plastic called CDs and making way more than what it costs to produce. But now that the distribution channel is blown up today, it's like that distribution channel is gone. And that's what they longed for the old days. And I see that same shit in a movie made in 1980 uh, and and how they complain about how music of the old was way better than the music of the now and how they do things now. I thought... I thought there's some similarities between that and how music is today that bothered me. I hated that. The second thing is that Phantom of the Paradise is a way better musical movie about the music industry than this piece of shit movie. <laughs> don't watch this movie. If you do, don't fast forward. But watch Phantom of the Paradise. Ten times better. Brian De Palma, fucking Barry Williams, who is a master songwriter, is accented. Uh, it's, it's a story of Faust and found the opera somehow thrown together, um, and it's amazing. And and I think it also lends its inspiration for Daft Punk, so I'll leave that out there as well. So the uh, uh, when I searched up this movie originally to pull it up, it said, "Are you sure you don't want to watch Phantom of the Paradise?" It is ten times better. I think it came out before this movie. So even the algorithm knows this movie's a turd. Yeah. I mean, this movie is terrible. It's like, I know what you're searching for, but I think you should really watch this. The dance numbers are forced. Well, I mean, 
dance numbers are always forced to a certain extent. But, but like in Phantom the Opera, there's no like dance numbers. Yeah, well, that's I mean, there's a difference between being a musical and a like a dance musical. It's kind of like a dance musical. And it sucks because it relies on way old dance tropes, and dance tropes suck. They do. Like whereas in like Phantom of the Opera, Phantom of the Paradise, Phantom of the Paradise, it's like they're singing, but they're kind of actually they're either on stage performing, so it makes sense that they are singing a song and performing something in front of an audience, or they're just actually singing, and that's it, and that's cool. I'll take that. But like this movie is just junk. It is anyway, just... it's junk, but it's watchable junk. Um... It, music's not good, but yeah, you can't fast forward this one. It's not that bad. No, it's, it's like I said earlier, this musical is pretty good except for the music. Yeah. Um, and it's just crazy, wacky, goofy. It's really goofy. The visuals are fantastic. Fantastically goofy. When they picture something in 1994 and what they came up with, which is really just disco mutated, is awesome. It's, it it's, worth, it's worth looking at. A lot of shiny clothes and triangles instead of squares. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically the style. And the cars do look like the Homer from the Simpsons episode, so you can check that out. Um, and the Master's in it, and... Yeah, you know, there's some... And camp. the guy from the Fifth Element's in it, I mean, pretty much. <laughs> and the gal who was in The Last Starfighter's in it, so there you go. Yeah, and Will Ferrell's in it. Oh, well, and of course, you know, Diplomatic Immunity's in it. Diplomatic immunity. He sings. So he sings. If you want to see a movie where the guy who played that character in *Lethal Weapon 2* sings, this is your movie. So don't fast forward. And for the love of all is holy, uh, if you do have a choice before actually watching this movie, do *Phantom of the Paradise* first. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but again, if you're thinking about watching this, you got to follow the rule and watch the whole thing. No, so. if you start watching it, you have to you're, follow it. So that's what I'm done. saying. Before you even think about watching it. For comparison's sake, you should probably watch a competent movie. And so. Phantom of the Paradise is the one you should watch. Uh, but if you start watching it, don't fast forward. That's correct. Don't fast forward. And, uh, you know, I think... Uh, Are we going out on the Apple? I think we should go out on the Apple. Godsguys.com. Godsguys.podbean.com. Uh, Search for us on iTunes. Uh, we're at, at Gonzo Guys on Twitter. We'll do yeah. Facebook. We're on Facebook uh, at Gonzo Guys Facebook and Tim. Yes. We're on Instagram at Gonzo Guys. So follow yes. along as that as well. We've expanded our presence. So yeah, say something. You know, say something to us. Make suggestions. Follow, um, tweet. Don't Snapchat. We're not on that shit yet. Fuck the kids. We don't do that. So. Um, yeah, I mean, if you, we, I know we have a new like on our Facebook page. If you're listening to this, send us a message or something. We'll send you something. Because uh, we have uh, we have queued up a prize ready that I don't think has been vaulted out yet. So no, we've got the vault is teeming with prizes. So if you're the new like and you happen to listen to this, um, contact us. Uh, there's there is also a secret word you could say on Twitter. It's, yeah, it's couple duck. Couple duck anywhere in any kind of message you can send us that. Um, hashtag couple duck. I don't care how you do it. In some way, let us know you're listening to this, and you'll get a prize. So, yes. Okay. So with that said, 
That's um, it. Bite the apple, lick the glove. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Um, good lord, I don't know. Good lord, I don't know. Until next time. Don't fast forward. Yes. Apple.